Getting engaged is a moment worth cherishing. A one-of-a-kind ring that you design at Blue Nile can help your love sparkle. Just choose your diamond and setting. When you've found the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Finding the right engagement ring can be nerve-wracking. At Blue Nile, you'll have the expert guidance needed and a diamond guarantee that ensures you're getting the highest quality at the best price. Cherish all of life's moments and save up to 30% at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Welcome to Crossbody of Work. My name is Evan. I am Javier. And this week on Crossbody of Work, a show where we look at a wrestler through five of their most important matches. Because you know what? Sometimes we don't explain the concept of the show. It would confuse new listeners. Nah, They'll get it. it out. They're smart people. <laughs> we take a wrestler every week. This is week, what, 144, I believe? I don't know, man. You know the numbers, not me. I, I believe it's it's episode 143 or 144. And we are looking at the career of Wendy Richter, a star in the 80s who could have been the face of modern women's wrestling. I think that's uh, fair to say. Yeah, considering the, the platform she was giving at a very important time in the history of wrestling, yeah, she absolutely could have been. And instead... Uh, shit happened. That's the best way to describe it, probably. Yeah, we will get more into that, but I, I mean, when you think about people who who have just gotten completely fucking blackballed from the wrestling industry, she's 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 in the forefront of that. She absolutely is in the forefront. It is episode one forty four. That's I had to go back and double check one forty four. I meant at the math. Well, I just looked at what our last week's episode was. Go listen to our last week's episode if you didn't about Hardcore Holly, Bob Holly, Thurman Sparky Plug. What a run we're on. We did like fucking Typhoon. We did Bob Holly. Bob Harley, I almost said. Bob Holly. And now we're doing Wendy Richter. We are truly diversifying. We try to cover as many different wrestlers and wrestling experiences as we can. We're going to do programming notes right at the beginning so you know what to expect over the holidays, okay? We're going to get into all of it before we dive in to Wendy Richter. First, next week, we are doing a holiday spectacular. We did not do Christmas matches this year. We're going to watch Santa's Sleigh. Javier, explain to the people who don't know, what is Santa's Sleigh? S-L-A-Y, by the way. Yeah, Santa's Sleigh is a Christmas movie where... People die. I don't know. It's a horror movie. It's a Christmas yep. horror movie. I, it came out in 2005. I remember watching it in 2005 when I was like eight years old, I think I was. Yeah. It's, it's fucking hilarious. I don't know. It's just one of those like trashy horror movies that have like a very low budget that just would come out all the time in the, in the mid-2000s because they're trying to capitalize on all the goodness that happened with Scream and saw and all that other stuff so it's a christmas horror movie and who does it star uh the most christmas person of them of them all bill goldberg bill goldberg is getting a christmas movie dedicated to him on this podcast before an actual episode so it makes sense we, we clearly have our priorities in order so that is going to come out the morning of christmas eve that is your christmas present from the boys is diving into Santa's sleigh. We'll also put a link 
to watch the movie because I found it on YouTube. You can watch the movie if you want to watch it with us. You can watch it. It'll be on our Twitter. Go find it there. What a wild time. We are taking New Year's off. There will be no new episode on New Year's Eve. People will be too busy having disappointing New Year's Eve parties. <laughs> I don't like New Year's Eve. I don't like New Year's Eve. I don't know about you, man. I, I don't care. My family doesn't do New Year's Eve, really. Um, but my girlfriend's family does. Okay. And, or do. And they, they're going to be here for uh, the new year. Uh, so my mom and I are going out to this very fancy restaurant with them. Oh, see, that's nice though. But what I'm, what I'm talking about is, is all the New Year's Eve things where it's like, let's go to like a big, let's go to a bar for a party and you don't drink. So you and I only used to drink, but you used to go to these parties and you'd pay an exorbitant amount to get in and it would be disappointing and you'd just be drinking. It's the same drinks, you know? For what? To be there, to be around people when the ball dropped. That was all you cared about. But we're taking New Year's Eve off. And it's because we have something special coming in January. In January, we have our regular scheduled episodes. And they have a special theme this month, Javier. What are we doing for January? We're nicknaming January Japanuary. Because what we're doing in January is we're... Every episode that we've got four weeks in January, four episodes, four wrestlers from Japan, uh, and we're covering four different Japanese promotions. Evan's going to be able to give us more details. We're not going to spoil who they are. We're going to do a reveal on Twitter and once we hit the new year, but get ready for January. Four weeks, four new episodes on four stars of Japanese wrestling. We're going all the way over to Japan for a whole month. Yeah, and if if you people like the four theme enough, J- uh, January fourth, Wrestle Kingdom. That's so. right. Just in time for Wrestle Kingdom. It's very fitting. The other thing about January, and the reason we're taking a week off during the holidays, is because we are going to be recording four bonus mini episodes to drop each week in January. We'll let you know what day of the week they're going to drop, but they're going to be one-offs of matches that we didn't cover. That either they don't fit with somebody when we're going to cover them later. Or we've already covered the wrestler and want to give them a little bit extra props. Four different matches, I believe. Three WWE, one TNA. So it's going to be a really fun time. So you're going to get double the content you normally do in January. Japanuary plus four mini episodes. It's very exciting. It's a fun time. It's an exciting time. As I, I think we may have mentioned it last week. We are booked up and ahead of the program for the first time in the history of this podcast that's true this is the most booked ahead we've ever been <laughs> yeah you're, and uh i don't know speaking of booking let's talk about a woman who got screwed over with her booking before wendy we richter talk, baby before we talk briefly about wendy richter also if you have any ideas for what you want us to cover in the future if you have ideas for theme months if you have ideas for who we should cover who needs extra attention hit us up on twitter at crossbody of work or instagram crossbody work as well Now let's talk about Wendy Richter. She is Victoria Richter from Dallas, Texas, trained at Fabulous Moolah's School of Professional Wrestling, but not trained by Moolah herself, trained by Leilani Kai, Judy Marin, and Joyce Grable. She made her debut in 1979, started working around the indies, did some work in WWF Stampede Wrestling up here in Canada, Mid-South and the AWA. Our first stop is Mid-South Wrestling. It is April 24th, 1982, and we have Wendy Richter versus Velvet McIntyre. Interesting matchup. What'd you think? I thought it was it was nice. It was too short, uh, which is a problem. And and I understand that's a problem with not just 
not only just you know these these lady wrestling matches that happened in the 80s uh but more so wrestling in general i feel like a lot of matches from the 80s tend to just be like somewhere between four and ten minutes i'm so glad that you said ladies wrestling now for some fucking reason and i know the reasons because it's 1982 commentary which i think is jr yeah at this point young keeps talking about the differences in ladies wrestling now back when i was a student i went and i did a program uh for sports broadcasting that's what i did and one of the things we had to do was we broadcast the basketball games for our college every week on the radio. And I always preferred to broadcast the women's basketball games because I liked the team better. They were all really friendly. I liked them a lot. You get really good interviews from them. They were super chill. So I like covering their games and they were really good. They made it easy. Our, our teacher on the very first day of class, she came up to us and she said, you're going to be doing the broadcasts for both the men's and the women's teams. If you ever refer to it as ladies basketball or the ladies team, I will pull you off air. I will walk up to the booth and I will pull you. And I was like, this person means business. Like she means this truth. And so now I always get pissed off whenever I hear people say ladies. It's just, it's so weird. Like, why is it like if a school is like the Broncos, they'll have the Broncos. And then these are the lady Broncos. No, no. They're just Broncos. They're just Broncos. Yeah. It's weird that we're Broncos in the first place. Just let it be. All right. It's really weird. Yeah. And commentary I mean, here lays it on thick. Yeah, I, I don't know, man. I get it in like the sense of, you know, you, you want you have to split up the divisions, obviously. So you say, you know, women's champion, ex so and so's women's women's re- women's is fine. Ladies is dog shit. <laughs> I don't know. Across, I don't get it. It comes across so like it's just so cheapening. Like you're trying to make it worse. You know what I mean? Yeah, I know. It's not like it's you're saying fucking dude wrestling, you know? <laughs> yeah. And here we have the gentleman's wrestling. Yeah, that's it's fucking <laughs> weird. Although uh, that actually, I, I, I kind of like that. I'm not even going to lie to you. <laughs> the gentleman's, the gentleman's division. Gentleman's division is exclusively like Aiden English <laughs> and, oh, and anybody from Britain. And it's like he's a scumbag, but Jack Gallagher. Oh, yeah. I entirely forgot about that, man. Uh, Wendy's here, and I think if people think about Wendy Richter, they think about her in the rock and wrestling era. Before she was that, she was just like cowgirl down home, Texas. So she has a giant cowboy hat. I cannot emphasize enough how big this cowboy hat is uh, and the singlet. Velvet McIntyre, who I don't know a lot about, had to look her up, is an Irish-Canadian wrestler, and she comes out with long red hair and green boots because... Is we were they were very simple with the gimmicks back in the day. You're Irish. Your gimmick is being Irish. Go out there. I only know of Velvet McIntyre. This is probably the first match of hers I've ever seen. But she's another pretty influential wrestler from yeah. the early '80s period of wrestling. Uh, Somebody we might have to dive into as well. I'll be I'll be honest. The weirdest thing was so I looked her up on. Uh, I looked up her Wikipedia to see you know just like you know what what time period she'd wrestled yeah. from. Uh, and I think, so when, what, what was the date of this match? 82? 82. Yeah. She only had just started like two years before. Yeah. This. She's 22. I think in this match. Yeah. Another thing that oh, was she's fucking 20, hilarious. She's 20 in this match. Another thing that was hilarious is like, if you look up Velvet McIntyre, the first thing that you, that's, you see pop up is Velvet McIntyre's son. And then people click on that. She had twin boys. I don't th- really think any of them are in wrestling. Not okay. at least not that I looked up. 
Uh, but the the every article that I saw after that one, or every like little link that I saw after that one, is is she related to Drew? <laughs> Which I think is people conflating Scotland and Ireland. They both have the last name McIntyre. They're like that makes sense. They're they're not related. They're not, they're not related. Not at all. Especially considering Drew's name is Drew Galloway or Andrew Galloway. <laughs> yeah. Uh, early on, we get a single leg takedown by Richter. We get the leg drop on the left leg. That's a lot of the offense to start is just working the left leg. I feel like that's a lot of the offense in this era. It's pick it's pick a spot and just keep doing it. It's pick an yeah. area and work it's it. It's pick yeah. a leg or pick an arm or yeah. something and work it out, even if your finisher doesn't involve that whatsoever, which no. is interesting. We get a good counter by McIntosh as a drop toe hole, drops Richter directly on her face. Yes, uh, and then we get this weird cross leg hold by Rick by McIntyre. I do not know how to describe it. Yeah, it's like it's basically like a Muda lock, but without the other stuff. It's just her leg only, just the leg part. Yeah, yeah, it's it's interesting. Um, and then right after that, uh, she she starts pulling uh, on Wendy by her hair. Uh, Wendy eventually gets the advantage. She does a face first slam. Mm-hmm. Um, and then she puts on this like half surfboard. It's probably the best way I could describe it. Yeah, she's got the foot in the in the back, and she put wrenches the arms back of McIntyre. Yeah, I've I don't know. I feel like that's an effective move. We don't see that these days. We just see surfboards. I mean, yeah, anything that stretches you past where you're supposed to stretch hurts like a bitch. It also just like, why the fuck are you doing a surfboard? Just do that. That seems so much easier. You're just pulling the arms while standing, and you have the foot yeah. on their back. So. Eventually, McIntyre makes her way to her feet, and Richter keeps it in. Uh, she's told to break it up by the ref, and she ends up kicking McIntyre directly into the ref, and all three roll around because that's the thing to do is have the male ref roll around with the female wrestlers. <sighs> Can you I'm imagine tired. if Jerry or uh, if yeah, if Jerry Lawler were on commentary? Jerry Lawler would have actually lost his mind. His mind would have gone somewhere else. Yeah, he, his mind would have been imagining himself as the ref, is what his mind would have gone. And then they, when they break it up, the ref is mad and pushes Wendy Richter. I was like, I didn't know you could do that. You could just push the wrestler. Oh, oh we will get to that. Yeah, oh, we absolutely will. Uh, also, while this is happening, right before that all happened, commentary, JR says the weirdest thing, which is, I know it's the right thing to say. It just sounds so weird. They're talking about how Wendy Richter is so strong. And JR says he saw her in the gymnasium. And I know that a gym is technically a gymnasium. I know that. I know that that's technically the term. I, I don't think I've ever heard a human being refer to like the place you work out as the gymnasium in real life. No, if you're saying gymnasium, you're saying like the basketball court. It's the basketball court. It's the place <laughs> like where in you, a school. you have assemblies at school. Yeah. Uh, unless you have an auditorium, which my my schools always had an auditorium i did not have an auditorium uh see you know i had to think i had to think about it it's been a while since high school (laughs) damn Damn. i thought my high school was broke uh needed something by richter scoop slam set of hair snapmares mcintyre cartwheels out of a snapmare which i thought was really cool she puts on a and then she hits a drop kick right after that. Yeah, and then tries another drop kick, but nobody's home. I think she was supposed to hit it because Richter didn't really dodge. She just didn't. McIntyre just didn't quite get the amount of range. But they're like, "Oh, Richter dodged it. It's good." 
And then we get the finish. It just kind of happens. Yeah. So at one point here, uh, Wendy's got her like she's gonna she's gonna hit a move, and then uh, it looks like she might go for for a power bomb or some sort of backdrop. Uh, Velvet leapfrogs her, pops down underneath her, mm-hmm. grabs her legs, rolls her up. One, two, three. Velvet McIntyre wins the match. This whole match is five and a half minutes of action. Not even. It's like four and a half. Yeah, I think I think the whole clip is five and a half, and that's with introductions and everything. Yeah. Uh, you wish to see more, but it's always interesting to see like kind of the the origins. You know, this is Wendy Richter before the Rock and Wrestling because uh, Vince McMahon would bring Cindy Lauper in to WWF to manage, and he paired Wendy Richter with Cindy Lauper uh, to go up against Lou Albano and Fabulous Moolah, and. Albano had appeared in Lopper's video, the girls just want to have fun video as her dad, which is a weird choice to be your dad of any famous person. Captain Lou, it's a weird looking guy, you know, big. I mean, that's probably why. <laughs> that's probably why. And he, he seems like a very funny person. Captain Lou Albano seems like a fucking hoot to be around. He's also probably like a cool dude. I don't know anything about Captain Lou Albano. Yeah. Gives me cool guy vibes. We're going to look at our promo, and it's not really a promo. It's an interview segment from when Wendy Richter was about to challenge at the brawl to end it all. So this is the week before. It says it's in 1985 on the clip. It is not. This is the week before the brawl to end it all, which was in 1984. And it is Wendy Richter being interviewed by Vince McMahon on Tuesday Night Titans. Look at Vince having a podcast. (laughs) Of all the people who who I... like there's so many wrestling podcasts. Thank you for listening to us, by the way, in the sea of fucking wrestling podcasts. Yeah, too way too many. There's so many. I'm glad we have like a slightly different gimmick. You know what I mean? Yeah, we have a very niche, type very niche. Deal where yeah. we're like we don't talk about any wrestling that's currently going on. We don't review. Yeah, we don't do any. But of could that you? Bullshit. If Vince had a wrestling podcast, how popular would it be? Oh, it'd be number one like the first day. Yeah. It would be. It'd be like, I think it might be in the top 10 of all podcasts. But I genuinely don't want to hear a single thing he has to say. There's the rumors going around that he wants to come back, that the everything was overblown. He could have saved himself. Just you know, no, no. Here's the thing. Well, the thing, one, he's not, he's 100% not hosting. He, have a host and then he'll be there. Like, you oh, know, yeah. a, little, a lot of the legends do it these days. Conrad? Uh, like, call up Conrad. Uh, I don't know if it's going to be Conrad or probably be a WWE-ish person. Like, he'll probably Road be Doug? Corey Graves or some <laughs> shit. Like, Corey Graves is hosting. Or yeah, Byron Saxton hosts. Uh, oh, my God. No, no, I mean, he does. It'll probably be one of those. But, like, can you just imagine? Like, what the fuck would he be doing? Like, is he going to talk about the product these days? Or is he going to just talk about stories? Because it's not going to be in depth. There's no there's no Vince podcast coming, and we're thankful. Hopefully, there's no truth to the rumors that he wants to come back. We're thankful for that. Uh, what do you think of him and Lord Alfred Hayes interviewing Wendy Richter here? All right. So when the clip starts, why yeah. the fuck does Lord Alfred Hayes sound German? I don't know. But I, it, it it takes about a minute for him to become British again, weirdly. I'm like, what? Like, he's talking like, not talking like that. Whoa. I, he's like, he, he's, I, I can't really, I can't even do it. I, I mean, I, like, schnitzel? Like, he's like, it's very German. It's, it doesn't sound British at all. 
Oh, man. If Lord Alfred Hayes was just putting on a ruse and wasn't British the entire time, that would be an incredible commitment to the bit. If that the whole time he's just from like Schenectady, New York, like he just didn't give a shit. They'd be, oh my God. That'd be incredible. Uh, Vince Vince is asking Richter about being associated with Lopper and wrestling at Madison Square Garden. She says she's happy that Lopper chose her, that she's, she really hypes up Cindy Lopper as a manager. Like that's a a lot of what this is. Yeah. Like this is just the woman that sung the couple of the most popular songs of the eighties. Yeah. (laughs) Girls Just Want to Have but, Fun is an absolute bop. Brother, I've had it stuck in my head for a day. Yeah, that's fair. An entire fair. day. Uh, Vince talks about a Lou Albano quote. Again, I would like to put this in context. This is a quote from Lou Albano in 1984. Uh, the quote being, women either belong in the kitchen or pregnant and calls them bar broads and bar flies. The fact that you could say that at all on TV is wild. The 80s truly, what a weird place. Like the fact that you could say that on like network TV, you know, on like Tuesday it's, Night Titans, like this, like it's one thing if you see that on like fucking, uh, it's always sunny in Philadelphia or like any HBO show, yeah. <laughs> but to see it on like fucking network TV, like this brother's in a syndicated program. Vince asks about the strategy since Moolah has been around forever and knows all the tricks, which is true because Moolah has been around forever. Uh, Richter says she's going to do her best. You know, she's got her determination, her youth, and her strength that will help her through. Uh, what do you think about Richter's personality? I, it's just very understated. Very, like, seems very calm. She's just like a very southern, you know, it's it's like a very southern, you know, calm yeah. woman. Like a very, like, I, I get like a, like a calm confidence from her. Like, she doesn't need to be. Yeah. That's like pairing her with somebody like Cindy Lauper, who is all energy all the time. Makes a lot of sense. Yeah, I mean, she even says it. She she says she's thrown her cowboy boots away because of the the makeover that Cindy Lauper has given her between all the makeup, the yeah. hair stuff, that the she's outfits. Her, she's her first ever manager, and she's filled her with tons of self confidence, which is great. My favorite thing is right at the end, towards the end of the interview, uh, Lord Alfred says that he'll he'll drink anything out of uh, Cindy's boots, and I'm like, and then Cindy's like, and I'll drink out of the other one. I'm like, are they gonna do shoeies? Are we doing yeah. shoeies back in the '80s when They're there's not shoeies. even an Australian around? Richter says she's pretty much thrown away her cowboy boots, but she does love Texas, and that's when Hay says he'll drink champagne from Richter's wrestling boot. Weird vibes, man. Weird vibes. Let my man take a shoeie. No shoeies. Uh, this leads into MTV's The Brawl to end it all, which we're gonna cover right after this break when we get back. Richter's going for the WWF Women's Championship. Find a fresh take on a fall getaway to Wilmington, North Carolina and beaches. Enjoy hiking trails in a state park, fresh seafood with a sight of live music and fall festivals galore. Then live it up along the Riverwalk in Wilmington's historic downtown. With three island beaches, Carolina, Curie and Wrightsville and a vibrant downtown, you get the best of the Carolina coast all in one place. Plan your fall getaway at WilmingtonandBeachesVacation.com. This episode is brought to you by Hyperice, the leader in advanced warm-up and recovery technology. They have tons of innovative products, like Venom-heated wearables to help soothe sore back muscles, Normatec compression boots to speed up recovery and increase circulation, and Hypervolt massage guns to improve mobility. Loved by athletes like Naomi Osaka and Erling Holland. Try them yourself. Get 10% off your order with the code MOVE at hyperice.com. 
Back from the break, it is July 23rd, 1984, and we are on MTV. MTV has not been around for that long at this point. Like, it, I think, has maybe been around for a year or two? Three. It's been around for three years, just about, when it when this happens in 1984. It is Wendy Richter challenging at the brawl to end it all against Fabulous Moolah. I did not know this is the only match that aired on the show. I thought it was like a longer presentation of wrestling. It is the only one that actually aired on the show. And that's interesting because this like the clip is a little longer, but it also includes like a bunch of promos and then like the introductions, obviously, and then like the ending stuff like the match itself is probably only like 10 to 12 minutes long. The match is exactly 1120. Yeah. Yeah. The other, because there was a ton of dark matches, because you can't just fill a stadium just to watch this one time and then tell everybody to leave. Come on. <laughs> Some of the dark matches, because I feel like people want to see the kind of behind-the-scenes stuff. Bob Backlund was in action. Tito Santana uh, wrestled Bob Orton Jr. to a draw for the IC title. Uh, the Iron Sheik defeated Tony Gurea. Hulk Hogan defeated Greg Valentine. Uh, <laughs> and Antonio Inoki was on the card and defeated Charlie Fulton to retain the WWF World Martial Arts Heavyweight Championship. And I'm fucking sorry. What? Yeah. And Anoki won the dark match battle royal, last eliminating Rene Goulet. I yeah. I have no words. Also, Anoki's on the card, and he doesn't book himself to go over Mula. What, what's happening here? Incredible. Who who would be if you had to have like Mula, Hogan, and Anoki book a triple threat? The Anoki wins. The Inoki world wins. the world would explode though. Yeah, you said that the clip is long. We've got some interviews ahead of time. Albano and Mula being interviewed before the match by Mean Gene. Uh, then let's talk about the entrances. Wendy Richter looks entirely different now. Entirely different. I have, I could barely recognize that woman. Pink outfit, fun white jacket, some pink shades, some massive pink sunglasses and earrings. Looks good. It's it's she's definitely got a pop of color now. Yeah, Mula's been fucking champion for twelve years. <laughs> Cindy. Lopper is 20 or sorry, not Cindy Lopper. Cindy Lopper looks like Cindy Lopper looks every day. I think she's wakes up, puts on a bunch of layers, looks cool as hell. And is like, all right, I look like, I look like the 64 pack of Crayola crayons. Let's do this. Like she's just she just still looks like that to this day. Probably she should. She's cool as hell. Why not? Richter, you can see the appeal. They're trying to get Richter to appeal to the younger audience. She's 22. Mula is 61. 61. And I'm glad you brought up Mula's reign. It was billed as being a 28-year reign. That's what's recognized by WWF. In reality, she had lost the title tons of times between the years 1956 and 1978. And in reality, it was almost a seven-year reign. Still impressive. Still acknowledged the tribal chief, Fabulous Moolah. But at the same time, it was not 28 years of consecutive reign. She lost the title a lot. Says you. Anyways, (laughs) why does David Wolf? Look like fucking Guy Ritchie in the third Iron Man movie. That is a very accurate comparison. That's exactly how he looks. <laughs> You're like, you just blew my mind. You just Iron Man 3 all of is it. underrated. I'll say um, it. I think that the emotional impact of it um, mean, you know, means a lot, but... Yeah. I think it's it's the most emotionally impactful of the three Iron Man movies. Yeah. But I don't think story-wise it's really that good. <laughs> Is it better than 2? 
Um, I personally don't think so. I also just I also think two is the one that has the 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 I think two is the most entertaining. Two is very. Um, I think one is the overall the best. It's one yeah. of the better Marvel movies, but I think two is very entertaining. So let's go back to the match. Mula tries to attack Lopper before the bell because that is a classic Mula move. For those who don't know, we should probably put this other two. Mula's the worst. Oh, the fucking worst. There are people that are should absolutely get like you know the big podcast that we've already discussed that are just there at the end of the line. You know, you've got your freaking Hogan's, you've got your Benoit's. Fabulous Mula is right there with those people. I don't give a shit. She's she's at the end of the line. She exploited female wrestlers financially and sexually from her wrestling school she consistently booked herself to go over she ruined the reputation and lives of many other wrestlers she had so many women blackballed and blacklisted from this industry do you remember when they tried to name the battle royal after her at wrestlemania it was wrestlemania 34 yeah and And they they were like hey we're gonna make the fabulous moolah memorial battle royal and then everyone went, no. What did they change it to? Just the WrestleMania Women's Battle Royal. Which Why couldn't really... they name it the, Sh- the Sensational Invitational? That's such a good name. Sensational That's Sherry did fuck all. She was a great person. That's a great name. Anyways, let's go back to this terrible person doing this This terrible. Well, this actually match isn't that bad. Match is not that she's bad. just she's 61 and she fucking looks 61 is the she problem does. with this match they trade arm drags to start mula tosses richter onto commissary at ringside mula brings her back in chokes her on the canvas a bit like mula's got some dirty tricks in her sleeves you know yeah lopper starts complaining mula's acting cocky until wendy gets the advantage back she puts on an arm lock she puts on a, a hammer lock uh mula gets it right back misses on like a running splash but you can't even call it a running splash because she didn't run she also didn't very splash much and mula again just starts choking wendy over and over and over and then just tosses her around a little bit it's a lot of jokes um we get some chokes by richter when she gets control uh albano's talking nonsense at ringside mula snaps richter's neck on the top rope and then we just get hair tosses a lot of hair tosses. Yeah, Mula gets tied up in the ropes. Wendy oh, starts this is so away. Mula is like balancing on the bottom rope with her body through the ropes, weirdly, and like trying to con- like hold herself. And she falls backwards, and because her ropes are by her midsection on one side and her legs on the other, they tie her up to be in full tree of woe, tied between the ropes. She looks like... You know when guys have Tinder pictures with fish and they're holding the fish? Mula looks like the fish. She's just sitting there. Just He's like, my name's Tyler. I'm 22. I'm apolitical. Jesus Christ. <laughs> Get ready for the worst first date you'll ever be on. Hope you like chilies because I've got a gift card. I'm here for a good time, not a long time. So she's stuck in this ropes for a long time, and so Richter just unloads with stomps. Yeah, she's just fucking hanging there like a cow who's just been put out for slaughter, and she's just she's just hanging upside down. Uh, though the ref is distracted with Wendy while this is happening, Lou Albano is trying to help her get loose, but Cindy Lauper is just kind of yelling at him. I don't even understand what's going on here at this point. To be you honest, neither do I. Truly, 
I don't quite understand what's going on at this point. But then the ref frees Mula. Richter locks in a very weak-looking full Nelson, right? It's a master lock, and Mula is about to have her Lashley moment. Lopper was on the apron. The crowd really wanted her to hit Mula, but she held back at first. Then Richter convinces her, and she then bops Mula on the head. And my question is, how is that not a DQ? Yeah, she she bumps her. Bonk, bonks her. Bonk, I bonk, said bonk. 15 different things. Uh, right in front of the fucking referee. He's staring at it. You can't even say that he, like, was looking away or any of that stuff because he fucking was. He was looking right at her when she did it and nothing. What? Is it because she's probably, like, the number one selling artist that year or something? Is she even? Is it the <laughs> Eagles? It might be the Eagles' greatest hits. I if don't even know. you win a Grammy, you get to punch one person. <laughs> she chose Fabulous Mula. Has, t- has, has time after time dropped yet? Because if that's dropped, then it's all okay. But I don't it's think it okay. has. We get a drop kick by Richter, kick out of two, and then a nice suplex, which was not a full vertical, but like a side vertical suplex for another two count. Backbreaker, chin lock locked in by Richter. Mula hits what I hesitate to call a monkey flip. It was kind of like a monkey flip, but not didn't have the the oomph. You know what I mean? Didn't it, kinda, it didn't have the flip. Yeah. Back body drop for another two. Mula pulls Richter off the mat. Key mistake. Shouldn't have done that. Yeah, should not have done that. Uh, Mula goes, throws on a master lock herself. Lopper distracts the ref, uh, which allows Lou Albano to interfere a little bit. Uh, Mula gets behind, gets waist control behind Wendy. Uh, they they go into the corner. There's like a little bit of a roll up situation. Yeah, uh, where both women's shoulders get pinned to the ground. The ref counts to three, and you could very clearly see at two. Wendy lifts her shoulder up. Yeah. Uh, I thought we were in for the first screw job or something here. No, nope, we'll get to the that. ref counted the three and all this stuff. Uh, and Wendy very clearly kicks out. And when the decision comes down, uh, the, the ref says, hey, Wendy Richter wins the match. Yeah, she got her shoulder up. Mula never did. So therefore, Richter wins and ends the truly seven year kayfabe 28 year reign of the fabulous moolah which is weird because we think about it that's that title reign in kayfabe is six years older than richter is at this point that's pretty nuts uh ever gracious in defeat beats the shit out of the referee after the match you know it's crazy (laughs) that title reign's older than me oh my god it is older (laughs) than you it's not older than me um you old you old hag i'm an old hag this match earned MTV its largest ratings in history up to that point. It also is considered the start of the rock and wrestling connection where you had all the music crossover and all the, all the stars. It really was like the big era, tons of big personalities in WWF. They really capitalized and it helped them bring a lot of mainstream attention, which brings us to one of the biggest mainstream gambles of all time. WrestleMania one Richter faced Moolah's protege Leilani Kai earlier in the, in early 1985 at the war to settle the score and Leilani Kai defeated Richter to get the title. So at WrestleMania 1, Richter is the challenger, and Kai is the champion. So Mula comes out. She's with Leilani Kai. Uh, Wendy Richter comes out, and she comes out to girls just want to have fun. The pop is stupid for Richter. It's, it is insane. It's huge. She's got Lopper in her corner once again. And you mentioned Mula's in the corner of Kai. Mula has on sunglasses with bejeweled dollar signs on them. Like, what an innovator. Just play into it. Yeah, that's what I was thinking, too. 
what did you think of the match? It was fine. Um, I I thought that this had potential to be a really good match, but it was just too short. Like the the whole clip is like 11, 10, 11 minutes long. Yeah. But the match itself is at best like five. I tr- I too wanted to get like three more minutes at least. I give feel them like, like give them ten. Honestly, give them, 10. Just give them 10, ten, 10 minutes to go out there and go off. Like this is probably of the first WrestleMania, this is the second most important match on the card. They deserve time. You, when you look at it now, like we've come so far in the fact that like it is now no longer a celebratory thing when women get to main event pay-per-views or when they get to main event raw or when they get 20 minutes or when, you know what I mean? Like that's not like a, Oh my yeah. God, it's first ever. Stephanie man has to come out and do the announcement, whatever. Like that's not happening anymore, but we're so not that far removed from that being the case. Like, yeah, all of the historic firsts have been in the last, like, there's been so many in the last, like, six years. I mean, you got to think, like, what, like, the the modern day equivalent to this would be, like, what? Fucking Olivia Rodrigo accompanying, who was popular, Bianca Belair last year to the rink, right? Is that what that's probably? That's fair. That sounds right. Yeah. I mean, Olivia Rodrigo last year, not this year, last year, right? (laughs) And then, like... Like you have that, like you're telling me that match isn't gonna get over ten minutes. It's probably the second most important match in WrestleMania. Of the nine matches on the WrestleMania one card, where do you think this one ranks in terms of total time? Bell to bell, probably middle of the pack. It's fifth. It's exactly middle. Or sorry, it's it's oh yeah, it is fifth. It's fifth. It's exactly middle. It is behind, obviously, Hogan and Mr. T versus Orndorff and Piper. The next longest one is Beefcake versus Sam- David Sammartino. Come on, man. Junkyard Dog defeating Greg Valentine. And the Iron Sheik and Nikolai Volkov defeating the U.S. Express. We're both we're all longer. This is outrageous. It's this outrageous. Is- all right, let's talk about the actual match. Uh, Richter and Kai trading control on the ropes. Takeover by Richter. Arm drag by Kai turned into a hammerlock by Richter. It looks like Kai is tapping. Because you have to remember that tapping out wasn't a thing that existed yet. Yeah. You also have to remember that uh, there has to be, although they are tapping, they are not really submitting. No, they're not. Like, consenting Ken to Shamrock. Ken Shamrock was the guy who brought in tapping. Yeah. It's honestly so much better. The visual of it. You know what I mean? Like it oh, just, yeah. It's just the right thing. I don't want someone just going, yeah. <laughs> I don't want I don't want someone to the ref to be the one to say, oh no, yeah, he definitely submit. Especially after the screw job. <laughs> we will fucking get to that. Um I, like it's a it's a quick technical start between these two. They just kind of trade hammer locks for a while and they keep yeah. going back and forth, back and forth. Uh one point here, uh Kai gets the the advantage, but only because while she has control over the arm, whenever uh Richter would stand up, she would drag her back down by her hair. Yeah. Um, in order to maintain arm control. Uh, at one point, she just flat out picks Wendy up by her hair. And my thought was, are we sure Wendy doesn't have a little Latina in her? Because those roots are definitely not strong enough unless she's got that blood. Richter then with like the slowest tackle I've ever seen to kind of <laughs> counter it. It's a very slow tackle. Take over by two. Double kick in the corner by Richter. She drives Kai into the corner. And as she does, Mula reaches in and pulls Richter by the hair. Richter's hair is having a hard time this with this match. Yeah. And pulls Richter by the hair out of the ring. Lopper hits Mula, which she's allowed to do. They're on the outside. Who gives a shit? 
So she hit a grandma. <laughs> yeah, uh, she she pulls the hair. Lopper comes, starts beating that heifer's ass. Um, <laughs> Wendy at one point gets back into the ring, gets uh, Kai up, and hits kind of like the original F five. Is kind yeah, of so what she I puts it. her in the FU position, and instead of the twist around the top, like the front, she just drops her back to, on her back. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's the OG F five. I was surprised. She turns a little bit. Kai turns a little bit, so it's not exactly like a like an you know uh, yeah. an, an AA or FU or a Death Valley driver. It's it's more of a little F five because she turns. High knee in the corner gets Kai control again. We get a side breaker by Kai for a two, a scoop slam, and then Kai goes to the top rope, and that's where we get our finish. Go ahead. Uh, Kai goes to the top, hits a flying crossbody uh, on Wendy Richter. Wendy's able to reverse the the momentum, gets on top, gets the pin. One, two, three. Wendy Richter wins this match. The only women's match at WrestleMania 1, Wendy Richter was the crowned champion between that and the Cindy Lauper connection and the brawl to end it all. Wendy Richter should have been the biggest name in women's wrestling for the next decade until she didn't want to be anymore. Right. Yeah. That shows someone came in that, that truly matched her. If we're looking at like a year or a decade from now, you know, or you got the 80, like the late eighties and, and stuff like that. You know, you've got your, your Bull Nakanos. And your Alundra Blaze. Alundra Blazes you could have came through. And imagine taking that popularity and then bringing on and, and throwing on the hatred that Bull Nakano was able yeah. to get from the crowd or, or, or maybe pass that heat a little bit onto Alundra Blaze because she was amazing in the ring as well. Popularity in wrestling is a transitive property. Like you can just, it, it can flow from somebody to another person with the right booking and the right story and the right matches. <clears throat> Sami Zayn. All of that gets fucked up. We're going to take a break. And when we get back, we're talking about the original screw job. It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. It's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. Back from the break, it is November 25th, 1985. Picture it. Madison Square Garden. The WWF Women's Championship is on the line. Wendy Richter is here to defend her belt that she won at WrestleMania earlier this year. We are just eight months post-WrestleMania, the first ever women's title match at WrestleMania, and about 16 months past Richter being crowned as the best at the brawl to end it all. And, you know, she has to have a match against a mystery opponent. That mystery opponent is the Spider. Black mask, black web-like cape, all black everything. Interesting match. Jay-Z. Uh, yes, it's Jay-Z. The spider, for those who don't know what the story is, 
The spider is the fabulous Mula in a spider costume. Not a spider costume, but like a spider-themed outfit. She's not doesn't have eight legs. You know what I mean? Yeah, she's not Spider-Man. She's not Spider-Man. This is all a ploy. This whole match is a ploy to get the belt off of Richter. It's shit, is what it is. It's so dumb. It is so dumb. Uh, I'm not sure if you have the whole story pulled up and if you want to get into it now or later. But We're going to get into the, the, the full story of it after we talk about the match. Let's play it out in real time, okay? But my question to you is this. Richter has known Mula her whole, not her whole life, but for a long time, professionally. Basically, her, most of her, yeah. adult, like her, entire her adult life. life. Yeah. I, like, you and I know each other really well. We talk every week. If yes. somebody showed up, and I'm wrestling, and you're in a mask, and I hear you calling spots, I'm going to be like, that's fucking Javier under the mask. Especially because Mula, we talked about it in the last one, Mula runs in a very particular way because she's in her 60s. You can, it's just so evident. Like you see the the spider, you just know right away that's fucking like, that's Mula. Mula. And yet, my assumption is that Richter was like, I assume this is Mula, but I'm going to be professional about anything, anyways, because you know that's my job. Yeah. yeah. All right. Let's let's talk about the match. Um, Wendy's over like crazy. By the way, she's, she's coming so out. She is like you. There is a noticeable decibel like upgrade here because she is she it pop in half uh she is is over as it gets uh the match starts uh wendy immediately charges at the spider into the corner and starts working her over with shots uh spider gets behind the ref wendy takes them both down <laughs> yeah wendy does not give a fuck uh spider uses that to slip to the outside richter grabs her she enters the ring tosses the spider right back through the ropes Richter runs her into the apron, chases Spider around, and then gets leg control in the ring. Spider uses a hair pull to get free. Classic. But it doesn't quite oh, work so because uh, Richter gets another like wishbone. You know that move where you have the legs and the person's on the ground and you just spread like swing the one leg as far as you can? Just yes, really working the left leg of the spider, which is tough because yeah. they got eight. Yeah, she does that little sit. She sits on it. She basically hits like a leg drop on the leg. Yeah. Uh, she starts. She does that a couple times. She really starting to stretch it out, stretch it out. Uh, at one point, she starts kick, uh, kicking the leg. She, she starts stretching it even more. Uh, eventually, the spider is able to flip the pressure, gets a hold on to Wendy, yeah. uh, but she's able to get to the rope relatively quickly. Um, and then the spider just starts just starts choking Wendy. Yeah, <laughs> this is also when Gorilla Monsoon on commentary just straight up says. We don't know who's under the spider mask. Might be Mula. <laughs> and with the with the benefit of hindsight, it's very funny. Gorilla Monsoon did not know who was under the mask, but Gorilla Monsoon has two eyes and a brain for wrestling. Is like, that's fabulous Mula. I don't care if I'm spoiling this for the people. Like he can kind of put two and two together of like people will figure it out. You know, it's it's gonna be Mula. So it's just funny. It's just a quick one off. It's probably Mula. I loved it. Yeah. Uh, she just keeps choking her. The ref's not doing his job. Uh, eventually, Wendy does get the advantage. She hits a drop kick and yeah. then goes for head scissors and just kind of gets sandbagged. 100% sandbagged. Turned into a press by the spider for a two count. Knowing that eventually, because what's going to happen here is the ref is going to count a fast pin. From this point on, you can tell that every time the spider is going for a pin, 
it's looking a little bit more legitimate, like she's trying to keep the shoulders down. Starting yeah, with this press. It's looking a little too real. This is the first one. We get a choke on the top rope, a one count for a pin. Richter pushes Spider back into the ropes, hits a clothesline, gets a two count. Then we get the finish. Yeah, Spider's able to get a small package. Wendy clearly kicks out like one and a half. One and a half. Uh, it's not even like it doesn't even get to two. It's one and a half, absolutely. Uh, the ref counts to the three anyways, and then the bell rings. Yeah, and the Spider wins the match. And Spider starts just kind of walking around trying to avoid Wendy. Wendy Richter is stunned and confused, and like. She's like, no, like we got to keep wrestling. Like I clearly kicked out. Like that's not the finish. Like, haha, I'm being professional. Let me finish the match. The referee was in on it too. He knew to count the fast pin. He knew that this was the plan. Wendy attacks the spider. I believe at first in kayfabe, she's trying to keep it together. Yeah, absolutely. And she rips the mask off of her and sees that it's Moolah. The second that she sees it's Moolah, I think the hands become a little bit more legit. Yeah. She throws some good rights. She still hits a backbreaker, which if you are wrestling some, like if you're fighting somebody and do a backbreaker, you're officially Bane. Like that's what that means. <laughs> I have broken your body. Uh, Moolah's trying to celebrate. She doesn't give a fuck that she's been unmasked. She does not I care. I wonder what'll break first. Your mind or your body? I just had a weird vision of Bubba Ray Dudley as Bane doing that before he puts people through tables. The table or your body. Your body. <laughs> uh, Richter's been screwed. Richter even tries to repin Mula at one point. Yeah. She puts her down and tries to pin her. Richter's pleading with the ref for the belt. Mula's strutting around. Finkel announces it and he's like, the spider? Uh, fabulous Mula? Like, he doesn't know. Finkel didn't have the 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 no no like he wasn't in on it you know what i mean richter tries to beat mula with the belt because she's cackling yeah mula's cackling and then if looks could kill wendy richter oh, looks God. right down the the hard cam and she's just like broken and she's mouthing stuff i'm not very good at reading lips Me i can't neither. tell what she's saying but man i can only just imagine what the fuck she was saying right there so here's the thing. We always find these clips online, right? Uh, did you notice the YouTube page that this was from? I did not. It was a YouTube page dedicated to the Fabulous Moolah. I would like to read for you the description of this uh, this whole match. Ready? The champion again. Moolah regains the women's championship in dramatic fashion, tying up Miss Richter for the three count. Moolah's smile upon hearing the confirmation is priceless. Miss Richter was fortunate that Moolah left the ring instead of further humiliating her with an authentic beatdown. Authentic beatdown. Stan pages cannot be trusted, okay? Stans are crazy. This person is clearly a Moolah stan. I saw some shit earlier that had my jaw on the ground. So I don't know if you knew this or not, but every year Jay-Z... On that on that app, title whatever the heck is it's called. Yeah, um, he posts he he posts a playlist of like songs that he's really enjoyed throughout the year. Okay, and today I think it was today or yesterday he dropped uh, his playlist. Okay, and I don't know, it's fine. I didn't know a lot of those songs. To be honest, I probably didn't know most of them. Uh, but in the comments, the first thing I saw 
was a Nicki Minaj stan account going, uh, he didn't have any Nicki songs. You're telling me that so-and-so Nicki song isn't better than so-and-so song that he had on the thing? And then it's just like, everyone's just commenting back on it. Like, what what the fuck are you talking about? Like, this is his list, all this other stuff. And that person's just responding, oh, so you had the energy to, to comment on me, but not to talk about this injustice or some shit like that. And it's like, what the fuck? Stan accounts are alarming and confusing. And I don't understand. Like, I love certain artists. Don't get me wrong. But holy shit, people, like, they put their whole energy into it. It's a lot. The only person who I care about the end, I care about all my friends' Spotify raps. When people are like, oh, nobody cares about your rap, I do. Post it. I find it fascinating. Post your Spotify rap. I love it. But also, the only person I care about is when Obama does it. Because <laughs> Obama always posts like the songs and the movies and the books. And I'm always like, mainly I use it to find books I should read. So I'm yeah. like, the man reads good books. All right. <laughs> Remember last year, he had like Astronaut in the Ocean on <laughs> He had some weird, he had some weird deep cuts like a couple years ago. And it was like, I think it was 2020 when everything was like the world was ending, you know, and he had some like weird deep cuts on it. And everyone's like, are you okay? It was like obscure Tyler, the creator songs. And we were like, bro, you good? Yeah, like, Anyways, Michelle treated you all right, man. So Richter was interviewed for the Fabulous Moolah episode of Dark Side of the Ring in 2019. And she says she had no idea that Moolah was a spider that evening until she unmasked her. She did say that earlier that when she arrived at the arena, she was surprised to find Moolah backstage because Moolah never showed up when she wasn't scheduled to wrestle. So she did know that Moolah was in the building. So she could assume that maybe that is Moolah under there and that's the reason she was there. But she was never told the plan that Moolah was going to be the one under the spider mask, which you would assume is something you'd find out. Yeah. The plan to rid Richter of the title was made by, of course, the little demon puppet from the Firefly Funhouse, Vince McMahon. He brought the plan to Moolah and brought her in after Richter refused to sign a new contract with WWF. But that's not what Richter says. Richter says she was still under her original five-year contract, but regularly had disagreements with Vince about compensation. So after the match, Richter left the arena in her gear, took a cab to the airport, booked a flight out of New York, and never spoke to Moolah again. She left WWF. This was, in the last 16 months, the most marketable person in wrestling like women's wrestling specifically the most marketable person and she's gone it's almost like as if you have this extremely top star almost universally uh respected as one of the top women's wrestlers in the world and then for whatever reason you just allow her to walk out the door for many 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 months and now uh she just is going to show up at wrestle kingdom <laughs> I think the Sasha Banks comparison is really good. I think it's really apt. I do think the scale is different because like wrestling now is so big yeah. and global already. Like it's it's got that scope. Like she Sasha's not the first, but Sasha has a lot of the same qualities. She has mainstream crossover appeal. She appeals yeah. to a wide number of demographics. She's young. She's good at the wrestling. And WWE's like, now nah, we're good. Like, what are we doing? It's, I will say it's different in that. I mean, Sasha's contract wasn't coming up. Uh, at least, you know, I don't, I don't know what the deal has been with her in that situation. I don't know that we'll ever know what the deal is with her in that situation. Maybe they, they had a no, uh, an NDA uh, tacked onto her release or whatever. If she did get her release, or if maybe her contract just legitimately ran up at the end of the year, which is why yeah. we're seeing her pop up in Newsman, 
Or maybe this is all for naught and she didn't actually get her release. They're just allowing her to work New Japan for a hot minute. Yeah, her and Carl Anderson. Those are the two you get, New Japan. Which is fucking random as hell that you it's get. Like, Sasha weird. Banks makes sense, but you get Carl Anderson. Okay. Uh, no no offense to the machine gun. The guy's awesome, but yeah, just, just a bit weird. over the... It's not even just a bit. He's over the hill at this point. Um, But no, I mean, you got to deal with Richter where, you know, she's arguably the second, third biggest star in that company, regardless of uh, where they are on the gender spectrum because of this crossover appeal that she's had due to the popularity that she's, you know, associated with Cyndi Lauper and obviously the first WrestleMania and all this stuff. You saw her reaction when she came out at the beginning of the match. Uh, She is as over as over gets. And... You know, she wanted to be paid fairly for that. You know, she's yeah. one of the top people. I don't know what the merch situation was like back then, but if she had it, I'm sure she was moving it at a at a, at a decent rate. Yeah. Um, and you get to the point where, like, you know, she had signed a five year deal. You mentioned when she first got there, um, and you know, she it probably was for pennies. <laughs> yeah. Uh, considering you know what, what they were probably paying women's wrestler at that time outside of Moolah. Um, and you know, it, it's, it's very, uh, understandable that she would have wanted to, to get more money. And if WWE weren't, you know, poning up to give it to her, uh, she was going to do the legitimate version of what MJF did, which is just, take I'm going to say, yeah, I'm going to take my ball and run because yeah. like, I'm not getting paid fairly. And the thing was, she didn't even like take her ball and go home. She kept working. She was just waiting for her contract to be up yeah. so that you guys could give her more money. And then WWE, the thing is, and this is something we know from history, this is just one of many examples where Vince thinks that he is the company. The wrestlers who work for him are not the company. So therefore, and you know what? WWE has survived, right? But think of the missed opportunities for the amount of times that Vince has not been able to play ball with wrestlers. It happens so fucking frequently where Vince is just like, no, this is not my way. It's not the what I want. I pay you this much. That's it. He doesn't recognize the value of some of the labor he gets. You know what I mean? Yeah. I I think that, you know, Bret Hart is a very good example of that, you know? Yeah. Um, Obviously, you know, Bret was, it it was a, it was a pretty special situation because Vince was just not going to be able to afford him. But then, he, you know, a few months later, he was able to afford him again. And yeah. just, you know, he, he really jumped the gun on that. And to screw Brett when, you know, Brett had already done what he had done is just, it's outrageous. And I think it's very short-sighted because I, I do wholeheartedly believe that Brett Hart would have been a very interesting piece of the puzzle uh, yeah. for, for that Attitude Era. Especially, you know, post Shawn Michaels, now that Shawn was gone. Yeah. And I, I, you know, it's he's done it a bunch with a bunch of different people, and thankfully it's over. <laughs> we don't have to deal with Vince McMahon anymore. Fingers yeah. fucking crossed. But who knows? I mean, for as as good of a, a peacekeeper as Triple H has been, we, you know, he's still a guy who learned from Vince McMahon. Maybe he's got a little bit of that asshole in him as well. You know, he he's burned some bridges himself. We've seen the golden shovel before. We'll see it again. I'm sure. Uh, but you know, it's, it just sucks because Wendy Richter is an extremely talented woman who Mm -hmm. had incredible popularity in a very, very profitable time for, uh, the WWE and wrestling as a general, now that it was getting, you know, global mainstream appeal, 
And the thing that she's remembered for the most is the fact that she got fucking screwed. She got screwed by Mula and Vince. After leaving WWF, Richter wrestled in Puerto Rico, Japan, through the U.S. at independent promotions. In Puerto Rico's uh, WWC, World Wrestling Council, she traded the WWC Women's Championship with Monster Ripper. Do you know who Monster Ripper is better known to us as in WWF? No idea. Bertha Faye. Oh! Yeah, when she had like a legitimately scary gimmick because she's a, a big, imposing wrestler. And then she came to WWF and was more of a comedy gimmick. Yeah. She was Monster Ripper in Japan. That's and then also in Puerto Rico. Pretty dope. I can't yeah. even lie. Uh, Richter would hold the belt twice, once in May 87 and once more in July 87. We're going to AWA, the American Wrestling Association, in 1988. It is some AWA TV, and we have Wendy Richter versus Medusa Michelli, a.k.a. Medusa, a.k.a. Alunder Blaze. I did not know Medusa had a last name, so this is a bit of a shock to me. Yeah, Medusa Michelli. It's uh, it's Satali. It's quite Italian. Yes. It's good, though. It's Italian. Um, Wendy comes out to girls just want to have fun. <laughs> As she should. As she should. Um, Medusa is AWA Women's Champion, which is interesting. This is a title match. Uh, she does not lose it to Richter here, but she'd lose it to Wendy Richter next month. That is good to know, yeah. yeah. Uh, what do you think of this match? Um, I thought this match was... Good. Um, terrible ending, <laughs> especially a, with no context ending, giving. It's an ending that I'll be able to give you a little more t- context to after, but the yeah, flat finish as a, as a one-off, like just watching it on its own. It's, it's tough. Medusa is so cocky as a heel. I love her. She's so good at this. She's got the early strut. Um, even when she gets arm dragged and hammer locked, she still looks in disbelief that Wendy Richter can even do these things to her. Uh, we get a head sister by Medusa on the ground. Also, Medusa is upset with a ref decision and just chest bumps him. I love that. Just get up in his grill. You would have been ejected in every major sport for doing that. But Medusa's like, no. Richter with a couple of knees. Medusa turns around the corner. Richter with a set of solid right hands. Wendy Richter, I've noticed, does not pull her punches often. I mean, we did see her beat the shit out of Mula. But even in regular matches, I feel like she kind of potatoes people. Yeah, uh, but she doesn't do it in a way that looks good either. Like she, it's like a, she's a woman who doesn't really know how to throw a punch, but then properly. The, but then the punches she does throw to try to work connect, and it's like oh, you shouldn't just punch. She's like, like clubbing that. people, basically. So <laughs> the best way to describe it is that she's clubbing people. Uh, Medusa wants a timeout. Richter tries to extend a hand and instead knees Medusa in the stomach. Richter misses a leg drop. Medusa then does that move where you put somebody in like the pile driver position. You just, then you just like jump. Yeah. Which is interesting. I don't know what the, what the move is there. Like their head is between your shins and you just jump. So like you, so like a neck thing. Is that, I assume is what it is. I, I guess she also steps on Richter's hair and pulls her up so that she's pulling her hair out. Yeah, Poor Wendy Richter's hair. This whole episode has been Wendy's hair gets fucking pulled out. Yeah, I mean you're not you're not wrong uh, about that one. She starts standing on the hair. Medusa's just such a heel. She goes full heel mode with this. She starts choking her on the rope, uh, and then pulls the rope back when when the, she has to break the count. So she like kind of 
uh, what, what what am I trying to say here? She she it's like uh, she basically just kind of like does the little hanging with her. Yeah. Uh, so you know it's it's like a really like she catches it the wrong way. That could be pretty dangerous. I ain't gonna lie. To you. Yeah. Also, speaking of hair, Medusa's hair is nuts. The volume this woman has in her hair. Like yeah, it's, it's so big. It's full the, of secrets. The, the, this the spray can, the hairspray can was on full effect here. You know, Baltimore in the 60s ain't got nothing on this. No. <laughs> Good morning, Baltimore. Uh, we get the face wash by Medusa. Richter catches a kick from Medusa. Right hand by Richter. Back elbow. Two count. Shoulder breaker for a two. Wendy's in full control. We get a double kick in the corner. Medusa charges. Sunset flip pin. Two count. Then... One of my favorites, so we get another suplex, whatever, but then this move, Wendy Richter hits one of the biggest power bombs I've ever seen. It was really fucking good. I thought she was setting up for a power driver. So did I. And then she lifted Medusa into the sky and like gave her a last ride. Yeah. Wendy Richter is a very strong woman. And that's what commentary has been talking about this entire time. Like even back in the match in 82, commentary mid was talking about how strong she is. She's been in the gymnasium. And I guess she really was because she's just lifting up Medusa and slamming her down. With uh, ease. But, but that's when the match is interrupted. Medusa's boys come into the ring for assistance. Richter fights back, but the guys guillotine her on the top rope and stomp her out. Yeah. They Men hitting saved. women. Yeah, 1988. They get saved by uh, the, a group named Top Guys. So the guys who came in before were Bad Company. That's Paul Diamond and Pat Tanaka. And the save is made by Top Guns, Ricky Rice, and Derek Dukes. Uh, so jobber names. Hey, Pat Tanaka is a, a real person. He has, more than he? One, he has more than one line on his Wikipedia thing. Yeah, he worked in the AWA, WWF, WCW, ECW, CWA, and New Japan. He was in uh, he was in the Orient Express in WWF. That you know, man, that doesn't do much for me. Well, I tr- I tried. That's all I can do is is I try. And they're in a group that's led by DDP. No, <laughs> the big thing is that this leads to a mixed tag team match at Super Clash Three, where it's. Richter teaming with the Top Guns against Bad Company and Medusa. Then after that, Wendy manages to win the AWA Women's Championship. That's that's how that all goes. So it is to set up, but it's one of the only AWA matches, one of the only post screw job matches I could find for Wendy Richter. She would, like I said, she worked on the Independence for a while. Uh, she then would do a little bit of stuff in like the, the mid 2000s. She actually appeared at a wrestle reunion event in an eight woman tag. Uh, the only Ooh. names that I recognize in this match, uh, Sherry Martell, AKA sensational Sherry was on the other side with Chrissy Vane and Amber O'Neill were on the other team as well. Okay. Yeah. Uh, and then she, so she's been retired she afterwards was uninvolved in wrestling. You know, she said that she was disgusted in about her portrayal of WWE of women in WWE was still hurt over her exit. She was offered induction into the hall of fame class in 2010 and she was accepted. She was inducted by Roddy Piper, you know, so she's, she's in, she's in the hall of fame as she should be. But at the same time, difficult to think of what could have been in that rock and wrestling era. 
Yeah, it's true. I, I mean, unfortunately, that's really what Randy Richter's career comes down to is what could have been because she was she had all the potential in the world to be one of, if not the greatest women's wrestler of all time. You know, obviously, as wrestling modernizes, that kind of that that the definition of that gets skewed a little bit. But she she really had the chance to be that big, big, big name from the, you know, the 80s and even into the 90s wrestling uh for women, but she just didn't get the chance because Vince McMahon's a piece of shit. After leaving the wrestling business, Richter works as a real estate agent. Then she went back to school, earned a degree in physical therapy and a master's in occupational therapy. She is now an occupational therapist. Uh, she also has competed in dog shows, including the Westminster Kennel Do- Club dog show, which means maybe at some point in her life, Wendy Richter has been something that has preempted raw. Because that used to always preempt Raw back in the day. So maybe oh she got some, some vengeance that way. And the other thing that I had no idea, I never would have guessed this, and I, I don't know if it's true. I assume it is. It's on Wikipedia. She was married to Hugo Savinovich at one point. What the fuck? No. No, 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 no. <laughs> According to Wikipedia. Say that again? She was married to Hugo Savinovich. Shout out to Wendy Richter. Shout out to Hugo Savinovich. No, shout out to Wendy Richter. Hugo, Hugo is a gem. He's a gem of a man. I love Hugo Savinovich. Wendy Richter is also in the Professional Wrestling Hall of Fame class of 2012, as she should be. I really enjoyed watching the career of Wendy Richter. It's maybe one of the cleanest like arcs I've ever seen. Like this, It feels like I read a story. Here's this girl from Texas. She becomes, she gets discovered. She gets matched with Cindy Lauper. She gets the biggest draw of all time on MTV. She's in WrestleMania one. She's on top of the world. Her old like coach slash rival ends up using a mask to defeat her in a screw job. And then she just rides off into the sunset. Good old Texan girl just lives her life. It was this weird, like sun up to sun down career that we got to see. It's very rare that we get to see yeah. such a, such a, like the very beginnings and the very endings. It makes me just hate Moolah so much. <laughs> so much more, I would say. Yeah, uh, no, it was already there. It just grows. Yeah, it's it's stupid. It's bullshit. Uh, she absolutely did not deserve this. She is, by all accounts, it seems like she's a gen, gem of a human being. And yeah. she got absolutely fucking screwed. Uh, and it's bullshit. It's bad. It's terrible when good things happen to good people. Or sorry, when bad things happen to good people. <laughs> it's awful when good things happen to nice folks. Yeah. So you know, uh, it's just it, it sucks, man. And, and I really wish that that Wendy was able to get her props. Um, she. I, I don't know if she's in the WWE Hall of Fame. She is. Yeah, um, twenty ten. She is. Oh, as of twenty ten. Okay. Yeah. So you know, I'm I'm glad that she was able to. Uh, find it within herself to reconcile with the company, even if just for for a little moment like that. But yeah. she's she's a Hall of Famer for sure, and I I, I hope that she's doing well these and days. And you know what? She deserves it. it. Sometimes you you see these people who were like super popular in the eighties, and you're like, they couldn't wrestle. Wendy could wrestle. She was damn good. You could see it. She could wrestle. She had the skills to pay the bills. All right, speaking of bills, you should go buy our merch, fullpressshop.com. Cop the merch, support the boys. We got bills, bills, bills to pay. We're like Destiny's Child up in this bitch. Fullpresswrestling.com. You can find the links to all the matches, including the terrible, fabulous Moolah YouTube channel that has supplied us with the screw job. Uh, go and leave hurtful comments. That'll be very fun. 
don't do that because don't give them the energy, but go watch all the matches. Uh, if you had to suggest one match, which one are you suggesting this week? Um, Honestly, probably the Medusa match. I think of it's it's not as long. It's it's pretty short, but I think of the actions, you know, the action itself, I think it's the best one. I'm going to say action Leilani Kai, but if you want to actually experience some history, either the uh, Brawl to End It All or the original Screwjob, I feel like it's two necessary viewings for like wrestling history. You got to see both. You just have to at some point. Uh, wherever you are listening, you should rate and subscribe. Helps the boys out tremendously as we grow, as we end 2022, going to 2023. Follow us on Twitter. Javier, where can people find you on social media? I'm on the Twitter machine at Sports. That's J. M-E-L-O, sports, all the boy. Follow me at it, Seven Gomes, I-T-S-E-V-A-N-G-O-M-E-S. Follow the podcast, most importantly, at Crossbody of Work, on the Twitter and the Instant Gram. As we already said, Santa's sleigh next week, a Christmas Eve spectacular from the boys. No new episode on New Year's Eve. And then Japanuary, including four extra minisodes coming at you in January. It's going to be a very hot start to 2023 for the boys. Javier, any final words for the people? This week on Life Advice with Javier, we're going to get real adult with each other. Oh. Uh, oh. Uh, this week, uh, I opened up a new credit card account. Um, that's my second one. Yeah, I mean, my, my credit score had sadly stagnated. I don't have any debt. Mm. I mean, it's a good thing that I don't have debt, but for some reasons country's fucking just the system on the credit score is fucking stupid and even though i don't have debt and pay off everything like I'm off my credit card like right as soon as i make the charge uh it just won't go up so i hmm. uh, i i got some advice told myself to or i was told to to open up another account with a different bank um and you know it's pretty much like split up my my spending with with credit so that yeah. it, you know it'll it, it just looks good for for these types of things um it's also it's a better card i won't tell you which company it is but yes i will <laughs> it's chase uh chase, jamar chase bank jay is, is, is a great bank um and you know I, I, I my advice for everyone out there is pretty much if you're in a situation like me where you know you're debt free and you're really looking for for ways of in, you know bettering uh, your financial standing. I definitely would recommend getting another credit card, even if you're like me and you're like, "Why the fuck do I need two? Uh, it's just better, especially if you still have your you know a starter card like I did with with the credit card that I had with my previous bank. Um, it, it's always better to get more, especially as you know you're you're starting out. You're you know you're better. You're more established in your career and you're. You know, you you don't really have to worry uh, about where the money's coming in from as much. Uh, it, it's just, it's always better to get to 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 get uh, more adult with your credit card. Start you know doing the points stuff. Start you know especially if you're going to start start traveling soon. Start uh, looking into that a little more. It's it's a niche thing um, as far as what what you want. You know, some people want uh, a lot of points for some things. Uh, some people are looking for just a travel card. There's plenty of those out there. I mean, the internet is the best place to research that. I I, I can't exactly help you with that. Like this is turning into you just suggesting the internet. <laughs> well, it's just a matter of like it, it's it's basically just a matter of what you want. But yeah, no, I definitely recommend doing uh, your research on these cards uh, and going out and doing it. And if you don't believe in credit, honestly, more power to you. But I want to buy a car and a house or something or a condo 
more likely one day. So I got to get that credit score looking real good. I too suggest that you use the internet for things. That's it for this week. We're going to be back next week with Santa Slay. I just undercut all of Javier's wonderful, wonderful adult life advice. Do listen to him. Don't listen to my nonsense. We're back next week to talk about a Christmas horror movie starring Bill Goldberg. I can't believe that sentence is real either. We'll see you next week. Bye. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.